Hi everyone, I'm Susan Harrow, media coach, marketing strategist, and author of the best-selling book, Sell Yourself Without Selling Your Soul. I'm also CEO of PRSecrets.com, and I want to welcome you to the Be A Media Darling podcast. Join us on BeAMediaDarling.com and PRSecrets.com, where you'll get free goodies and also the resources that we mention in each episode, as well as other delightful things that will help you shine in the media spotlight. On Fly Your Freak Flag Friday, gosh, that is so hard to say sometimes, and I think it's also super hard sometimes to be ourselves. That seems to be one of the hardest things that people find to do, but who else can we be? We'll discuss how to keep steady and be yourself during a radio, TV, or print, or podcast interview, or whenever you're in the spotlight or under pressure. I'll show you how to let your spirit and your personality shine through in any situation without selling your soul. So tune in every Friday for ways to stay original, keep your quirks, and live into what Dr. Seuss says, which is, why fit in when you were born to stand out? Hi, everyone. I'm Susan Harrow, media coach, marketing strategist, author of Sell Yourself Without Selling Your Soul and CEO of PRSecrets.com. And today, our guest is Nancy Marmalejo. And Nancy is on today because she and I had such a great conversation the other day about Facebook and posting on Facebook. And Nancy has got such a unique system that I wanted to bring her on to talk about it, to share it, because it's not like anything else out there and she's kind of going against the grain, which I really love and going against, what shall I say, it's kind of counterintuitive almost in a way, but I think you're going to talk about why it is more intuitive. It's counterintuitive and intuitive. So a little bit about Nancy. Nancy Marmalejo can see your genius and show you how to position it in the marketplace. That's really her gift. So she's been in business since 2003, and she's won numerous awards in business innovation and achievement. So I guess this goes along with your consistently being innovative. You've been featured in five books and counting, so congratulations on that. And she has over 100 media credits to her name. Wow, that's a lot. And maintains a great reputation in her industry as a thought leader. Her own talent and genius draw from a fascinating upbringing in a family business, a first career as an inner city school teacher, same here, and an insatiable curiosity that drives her. So I'm so happy to have you on today, Nancy, and that we reconnected. And I love this topic because so many people have very strong ideas about what works and certain things work for certain people very well. And everyone has a system and you have a system that's very unique. So first, you know, Facebook is always changing. So tell us a little bit about how Facebook has changed and why our fan page posts aren't getting to our people like they used to. I know their focus now is really on advertising for Facebook posts, so we can have as little as like 20 to 50 people seeing an organic post because of this on a fan page. Yeah, that's the truth. Facebook just has realized that you could be making a whole lot more money if they hold your traffic hostage and you have to pay to get people to your page. So unfortunately, fan pages haven't been growing organically. People have to buy traffic through advertising to get it over there. And a lot of people who used to really talk a lot about fan pages and build your fan page, they've quieted down recently. And a lot of people are just shifting to the engagement that you can have on your personal profile. Because even if you've maxed out the 5,000 people you can be friends with, you can still have people follow you. They'll get your notifications. They can comment. And that's something that didn't exist a few years ago. It used to be once you reached your max, you reached your max, you couldn't do anymore. So 
there's a lot more that can happen now on the personal profile, and I'm just really happy about that because it saves you having to juggle so much time between the fan page and your profile. So what do you mean by the personal profile? You can only have 5,000 people as friends, but what do you mean by then people can still follow you? Will they still see your feed, anything that you post into your feed the same way that your friends would? Yeah, basically they would. And so they'll see things in your feed. They'll be able to comment. They'll be able to interact with you. Then what's the difference between being a friend and being a follower? The intricacies of Facebook and how all of those little components work aren't necessarily things that I keep up on. I just know that they can interact with you and follow you. So that I might not be the best source to give you all the delineations of Facebook um, intricacies. Yeah, I'm an an engagement person. Yeah, I'm about the relationships and the engagements, and I try to keep my head out of some of the nittier, grittier stuff because what I'm doing is really going in the face of all the technical stuff and just putting a more human touch on things. Well, I love that, you know, because so many people are about the numbers and the numbers only, and I think that if you are just a numbers only person, you've got a different sort of philosophy than you do, and I know there are definitely people out there like that who would claim that they're about engagement, but they're really more about the numbers. But you're doing something that I found that was wildly different than most people and most of the top marketers on Facebook. So tell us a little bit about this new strategy that you've discovered and developed yourself. Yeah, well, what's great about it is it's it's not super new. I mean, it's something that naturally and intuitively I've done for a number of years, so that's what's kind of cool. What's interesting is, I mean, it does tie into numbers and metrics. As I explained it, it'll be a little bit more clear, but it's just a really intense focus on engagement. And the type of engagement that's not tricking people into clicking like, you know, you share this. If you don't share this or click or like, bad things will happen to you, those kinds of, um, you know, status updates that people, you know, they put these pictures of, you know, share this or you'll have bad luck, you know, like a chain letter. There are just some really honest, authentic ways of getting people to engage, and engagement comes in a couple of different forms. Engagement comes from somebody liking what you have by commenting, by sharing, and the quality of the conversations that are happening are also a huge part of engagement. So what I've been doing is focusing on a deeper level of engagement with the people in my community, in my network, particularly people who fit my ideal client profile. I mean, there are days when, you know, if I just post about my cat, all the cat lovers are going to just tell me how much they love my cat, which is great. And I have lots of friends who are cat lovers. It's how do I find the cat lovers who are also ideal clients and being able to create this really specific type of targeting in my engagement. So I'm having conversations with the people that I really want to connect with. If you think about going to an event where there are a thousand people in the room, but there are 15 people that you absolutely know you need to connect with, you're going to find ways to connect with them and not just you know get lost in the crowd of the hundreds and hundreds of other people. So there's a real targeting aspect to this that's really important. Well, I love that you talk about the quality of engagement because I've seen people say, you know, click on this or like this if you agree. And so it's just amassing clicks. And that's definitely one type of engagement. But what you're talking about with a deeper level of engagement is actually having real conversations back and forth with people, and you're doing that yourself. Yeah, and it's conversations, you know, this is establishing yourself as a conversation leader, as a conversation starter. So, you know, in my work, I'm trying to pull out a person's unique genius and help them position themselves around that. And so this is a really good way to solidify that positioning by being the thought leader of these conversations. So you're not just 
saying something just completely random, it's always reflective of what your unique genius is. It supports your positioning without feeling like you're bragging or showing off or just constantly talking about yourself. So there's this really nice combination of positioning, of relating to people, of attracting people in for conversation, and just creating this big web of engagement. To do that, you have three top secrets about I call them formulas. You might not call them that, but that you've created to get people engaged because I think there's a real art to that too. So what are your, if you can talk about three of them, how you get that initial engagement, and then I'd love to hear how you continue the conversation. Yeah, well, if I were to break it down into three top favorites, one is just to warm your folks up, warm your network up by saying something that can elicit a one-word response. You know, sometimes I had a person who she had been very, very engaged on Facebook, got a lot of clients from Facebook a number of years ago, and then went quiet for a while. And she came to me because she needed to break back out into the world. And she says, I don't know what to do. People don't even say boo to me when I go on Facebook. And so I said, well, Let's just get something going where we can get some one-word responses, an easy yes, like, you know, do you agree? Yes. Or like one of my favorites is like, you know, can I get an amen? You've just said something that's really like rallying and then some kind of call to action, like, what do you think? Are you in? And then people just, it's so easy. They are like, yes, yes, I'm in. Yes, yes, amen. Yes, high five. You know, whatever it is that you want them to say. And they're saying it. And it's so easy for them to respond that they do. And then this is where the algorithm comes in. It's about as metric as I'll ever get. The beauty of it is that every single time somebody is in your network is commenting on something that somebody else posted, it pops up in the feed. You get to see what everybody's doing. And the more people that do this, you've got the algorithm working in your favor. You're getting higher in the feed. You're getting more visibility. People are seeing you. And I don't know if you've ever noticed this before, but like there can be weeks where I feel like I'm always seeing the same three people. It's like, gosh, isn't anybody else doing anything? I've got thousands of people in this network, or is everybody else? And it's because this person is pivotal in the engagement of my network. I might be liking and commenting on their stuff. My friends might be liking and commenting on their stuff, might be sharing their things with me. And so there's just this way of being more visible and popping up. And it can come from the simple thing is just having people click like and say the word yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's just one, <laughs> one strategy. Yeah, I have a yeah. few more. <laughs> Sorry, I went into a little detail on that one, but it's really important. It's really important. No, I love the detail, and I actually have three questions to that. One, what happened with your client after you taught her this? What happened with my client? My client has completely reestablished herself. She's back out there, and she's got a new message that's significantly different than what people knew her for before. So she's in this process of rebranding and communicating her brand, communicating the value of what she's doing, and attracting clients in who are just so excited because she started them on this new level of conversation that they hadn't had from her before. And it filters out the people who don't get it, and it attracts the people who do. So it's been really good for business. And so how does that convert to business? Like for her, is that something that is she getting private clients? Is she selling more programs and courses or 
product. The different offers, I know that some people are using it for, I mean, I personally think it's most effective for higher level offers, whether they're group programs or one-on-one clients, but somebody who's going to pay you at your highest rate, there's this level of trust that develops that people start are more likely to reach out to you and respond to your offers. I've also seen people use this as a way to eventually get folks to buy a product, maybe a lower price product. You know, so I think it really depends on how you've presented your offers and how you've been talking with the people in your network. Mm-hmm. So when you say higher end offers, what's the fee range for that? I'd say things in the thousands versus things in the hundreds. Mm-hmm. You know, let's say 3000 and up, 5000 10000 You know, I know people who are posting things on Facebook and tracking the responses and having people reach out to them, and they're enrolling them in twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 packages. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's from Facebook engagement. It's not from sales pages. It's not from teleseminars. It's strictly from this level of engagement. Yeah, and I know you said something interesting to me, I think during our conversation where you, or maybe it was in the article that you wrote, is that you mentioned that people don't really want to go through funnels anymore, that they really want to get right to you or get exactly what they want. They don't want to have to go through a long and involved funnel, at least not at the higher levels. Do you think that's true at the lower levels too? I'm not sure about the lower level. I tend to focus this on the higher level offers because the clients that I'm working with, they want to have a return on investment that's going to be significant. So they might have a $5,000 offer, $10,000, $20,000 offer. So, yeah, I keep it focused on higher level for sure because the thing is, is there are so many people out there pushing launches and things like that. There's something about a lower level offer in an engagement sequence where it's like you have to have a link to a sales page and a lot of times with the higher level offers, you're not doing that. It's more, you might be moving to the phone and having a conversation. You might be moving to private chat and having a conversation there. So it's just a very different sequence. Yeah, I love that. I think we all have sort of launch fatigue. Yeah, that's a good phrase. I know I do. I think we all have launch fatigue. And I wanted to circle back to another thing that you said too, just curiosity-wise, when someone is pivotal in the engagement where you said you saw those top three people coming up, do you then consciously re-engage with them so you'll come back up in the feed or something that happens naturally in the engagement process? Is it like super conscious, like, oh, they're coming up in the feed, so I need to continue to engage with them? Or you're engaging with them, it, maybe it's a combination of both, you're engaging with them because they're one of your most active people, so you want to continue the conversation. I think it's how happens organically. It's really hard to say. I don't consciously think about it. I think it's just one of those things you just happen to notice. Like, here's the example of it. Let's say you're posting something that's really provocative, which is actually the second strategy I use is just like, say, you know, put a provocative statement out there. See where people stand on something. And all of a sudden, everybody has something to say. Well, maybe for a week, I never saw you on my feed or, you know, I never see Susan on Facebook. And all of a sudden, all these people are responding. It's like, there it is. It's like 10 of my friends have been commenting on this. I'm going to now comment on it. Now, every single time you post it, it's going to put you up in front of me because I'm telling Facebook, I want to hear more about Susan Harrow. So Facebook responds to what we're liking and commenting on and clicking on. So it just responds by feeding us more of what we've already been asking for. So if I'm responding positively to you, I'm going to see you more often. Give me an example of a provocative statement you put out there that got lots of engagement, just so people have a sense of what that means. 
I have put so many out there, and it's really funny. I might notice somebody, there was somebody did the other day that just kind of like, I saw somebody use a phrase that didn't seem like something they would say. It was this phrase, hit me up, <laughs> which is like, some people say that it means, you know, call me or message me or something. And there are some people who are really, really successful using Facebook as a marketing platform, and they'll say like, hey, you know, you want to make big money, hit me up, we could talk about it. And so it works for the people who that's kind of natural for them to talk that way. And every now and then I see people who that's not really natural for them to talk that way, but they think, oh, the way that you get the high-level clients is you say, hit me up, I'll show you how to make more money. So you start to see people use things that are so out of character. So I'll say that. I'll just say it out loud. It's like, why are people using a phrase like hit me up when it's so out of character? And I'll have people respond to that. They'll agree. It's kind of the things that I notice that I'm I'm a little sick and tired of, but I haven't really said it out loud. I haven't noticed anybody else has said it out loud. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm just going to talk about the elephant that's under the rug. So I just look around me and I think, okay, here's my other thing though. It's like, I'm not doing this because I want to rant. I think ranting for ranting's sake is really, really ridiculous. Our mutual friend, Bill Barron, said that I'm very good at the gentle rant. And he mentioned that. We did a podcast interview. He's like, oh, you are the queen of the gentle rant. And my goal is not to start a war of comments or get people incensed. It's to bring some topics to the table and have a conversation in the most constructive way possible so we can look at something from all sides. And so if it's a matter of people overblowing their qualifications because somebody told them that's how you position yourself, I'll mention something like that and just add on to it saying, you know, it's safe to be you. It's safe to be who you are. You don't have to overblow things. And so my intention there is to bring people in alignment with who they really are and not having to pretend to be someone or something that they're not. I love that. I love that. Yeah, here I see it. The hit me up total dude talk not effective for non-dudes. Am I being stodgy or just hyper-observant and aware of what works and doesn't work to get someone to respond? So, yeah, I love that idea because I do think a lot of people try to do a rant in a way that maybe they're just doing it to hear themselves talk or they're not really interested in the deeper conversation, which is what you're saying that you're interested in. I love what you said, not to get a war of comments, but to have the most constructive way possible to look at a topic from all sides. It's very educational when you read through the whole thread because you're seeing, I mean, it's market research right there. If anybody wants to just get some, like, wow, look at that. Everybody's responding negatively. That person, that person, you know, it just gives you some good information. And it also gives people a chance to talk about things, you know, oh, gosh, I'm tired of that too. Or, you know, oh, I've been wanting to say something about this, but I haven't. And it just opens things up in a whole new way. I love that. Do you then put that into an actual blog post? Do you use this kind of information to go deeper in a post and sort of explore the conversation that way and then invite people to that conversation? Or do you keep them all on Facebook? I tend to keep them all on Facebook. You know, a couple years back, my blog was highly trafficked and there was a lot going on over there. And I don't know many blogs right now where people are just getting like a flurry of comments and traffic the way they are on Facebook. And the benefit of Facebook is that if somebody comments on Facebook and I'm right there and I feel like responding, but maybe I want to respond to them in a private message. Maybe they're expressing something that I know I can help them with. 
I'll privately message them and say, hey, you know what, you just left that comment, and can I ask you a follow-up question because I'm kind of getting some signals from you that you might want some help. I mean, I don't know how I'm going to word it, but you can't do that on a blog. You can't instant message people. You can't be right there in the moment and have this back-and-forth conversation that's so fast. So I think that's one of the things I love about social media. And I was an avid blogger for years and years. I just haven't really found the level of engagement as high on blogging as of late as I have with, you know, being in real time with people in social media. Wow, that's fascinating. So you can have that real conversation back and forth in the moment when somebody's in that moment thinking about that. Exactly. Are you then constantly on Facebook? Do you set up your alerts so you always see those comments? Are you, I mean, during your day, are you like looking at Facebook like 10 times a day? I am looking at Facebook 10 times a day, yes, but I do it during certain hours. I'm really good about my work time. I'd say from 9 a.m. till 3 p.m. Pacific, I'm pretty active. In the meantime, you know, I have other things I'm doing. I chunk out my schedule. So that way it doesn't become this big time suck. Believe it or not, there are times when I do turn it off. Um, I do have instant messenger on my phone. And when messages come in over the weekend, I can see who it's from and determine whether it's important or not to reply right then and there. So I do have some boundaries around it. I do know some people who use Facebook for marketing and it's as if they never sleep. And, you know, if I'm sitting around, maybe I'm bored and I pick up my phone and start playing around on Facebook and then suddenly... I find myself, you know, it's like, well, am I officially working? It's 9 o'clock at night and I'm on Facebook having this conversation. I mean, to me, it doesn't feel like work. It feels very social. It feels very enriching. It feels just really exciting because of the conversations that are ensuing. That's great. So from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., you're on Facebook or you're doing other work? Both. Both. I have little chunks of time for each. Oh, yeah. I see. Okay, that's great. Well, we've covered two of the ways to engage, the yes or the instant response, the provocative statement, and then there's one more that you use very effectively. Yeah, just telling a story, you know, just like really telling a story that has a teachable moment to it. Just something that people can walk away with and saying, you know what, that was a great story. I just learned something about that. So, for example, if I'm going to post something about buying a new dining room table, but it wasn't just about buying a new... I know, it's (laughs) an awesome table. That is so awesome. It's beautiful. beautiful. There are a lot of people who post pictures of luxury items and, you know, expensive shoes and all this stuff. And it's like, ooh-wee, look at me, look what I got. And I liked it. Once again, it's not all about me. I'm always trying to figure out what's in it for the person reading this. What can I say here that can get people to want to have a conversation with me about it? So I say, look, I just got this dining room table, and it's really cool. It was crafted from a fallen tree. And it's one of a kind. They left the natural edge on the sides. And, you know, it's just so neat. There's even this, like, hole in the middle of that was a natural part of the tree. I mean, it's just this incredible piece. And I'm describing it. I'm describing the little bit of the process of how it was made. But then I tie it back into my values. And I say, you know, this table is not just a table. It's a reflection of our values. Number one, it's a place for family to sit around and share important times with. Number two, it's about sustainability. It's about friends and family. It's about community. It's about beauty. It's about walking with nature. So then I ask people, like, what is it that's important to you and your environment? How does it reflect around your values? 
people ended up just telling me, what a beautiful table. But what I would have liked is I would have loved everybody to sit and look and to say, wow, you know what, I see something in my environment that, yes, that reflects my values. There's something that represents legacy over here. Here's something over here that represents success. Here's something over here that represents luxury, whatever it is that it is. So I want to, like, share a story that's a personal story. It gives you an insight into who I am as a person. It gives you a little bit of my take on things and then an invitation to have a conversation. And nothing in there said anything about come here, buy from me, click on my link, go to my sales page, cart closing, two days left, one day left. It was nothing like that. It was a real invitation to engagement. And you've got your wonderful daughter sitting at the end of the table eating something. So that's really lovely. That's really lovely. I like that you said that it ties back into your values. I mean, you stated them explicitly, but I think it can be done implicitly as well, right? Like, I mean, you actually say that, like, what are your values, you know, and ask a question about their values. But I like that you said also, you know, when you do your posts, it is always a reflection of your values and that you're not posting those kind of luxury items where people just covet them or are jealous about somebody else's life, about things that they don't have or that this is what they aspire to, more shoes, bags. I remember one very successful woman entrepreneur talking on a Creative Live thing and saying that she was debating between investing in Brendan Burchard's program or buying a bag. I was just so struck by that. You know, that was a reflection of her values. Was she going to buy this $2,000 bag or $3,000 or $5,000 bag? Or was she going to take a course to enrich her business? That stayed with me, that this is what kind of person she is. Do you know That's what I'm interesting. Saying? There have been times where I have been really honest and vulnerable. That's a piece of this is there's people wanted to see our vulnerable side. And so... I've always been real, like, you know, self-reliant, and if I can't get it myself, you know, I just won't have it. And I'll be in situations where I receive something really, really nice, you know, really expensive and really beautiful, and I'll share a picture of it, and I'll get really honest and say, you know, I'm not sharing a picture of this because I want you all to see this nice thing I have. I want to share this picture with you because right now I found myself struggling with the question, do I really deserve this? You know, and so how many times do we take ourselves to that place? What do you do when you feel like you're not deserving of something? Or how have you worked your way through this? And I'll honestly ask that question and then just swing it back around to my genius and say, you look, one of my genius traits is that I'm honest and authentic. So I'm just being honest and authentic here by sharing this, and I want to hear your honest and authentic response. And wow, people just come out of the woodwork. Number one, they'll say, I so admire you for your honesty. I admire your humility. I just admire you for stepping out and saying this, and now here's my point of view. And it's great. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, if I stop and think about it, it's actually really good for my brand, I guess, because it reinforces you know, the values of my brand. But it just really brings that that depth that I think we're missing, you know, and the fact of the matter is we might bemoan all these things like, oh, everybody's got their faces and their phones and we all need to be playing acoustic guitar in a circle together. And it's like, yes, I agree. We need to do that. It's not an either or. But while we are on these with our faces and our phones, because it's kind of a little habit for many of us, it doesn't have to be mindless. Let's take it to a deeper level. Let's make it something that can be a tool for growth, for personal growth, for business growth, for professional growth and do that through intelligent conversation. Mm. I'm going to just quote you here. While we're having our faces in our phones, let's make it meaningful and not mindless. I think that's a really great soundbite for you for the future, FYI. Um, well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you said instead of bemoaning this, instead of bemoaning yeah. social media. That's a great statement. 
I want to move on to the next thing, which is that your clients are using this. You are obviously using this in new and fascinating ways, and so are your clients. So could you talk a little bit about a couple of ordinary people who became stars using your strategy in their own way? Yeah, well, let's equate stardom with making money. So it's not necessarily like they became like, oh, that person's so famous. You know, for them, their level of stardom was to enroll, you know, to make $20,000 in sales or, you know, or more or $10,000 in sales. There was a specific goal. And so it's a matter of did they connect deeply enough to people where it just made it clear to somebody saying, I have got to connect with that person. I've got to work with that person. So I told you a few minutes ago about the person who needed to rebrand and brought her message back out and is using that message to launch you know, a new brand that has high-level offerings to it. I have another client who, this is really interesting, and it was a big transformation. She had absolutely no idea what she was doing. She says, oh, yeah, I get plenty of engagement on Facebook. People are talking all the time, but I never get any clients out of it. And that happens with a lot of people. They'll say, look, I don't have any problem getting people to like me on Facebook or, you know, talk and be in my conversation, but I don't really see how to turn them into clients. So what we did is we analyzed everything that she was putting out there. And one of the things that I do with my clients is I'm really looking at the tone of which they are writing things in. What's the tone? How are you coming across? And this woman was coming across, I think, a little harshly, real strong, kind of in your face. She meant well, but she talked about herself a little bit more than she invited people in to talk about themselves. Mm-hmm. And she could be pretty, like, hardcore <laughs> sometimes in, you know, being real strong in her statements. And I said, you know, I said, I'm just going to say this to you really blunt. You need to soften up a little bit. I said, I don't want you to lose your fire, but tone it down because as a person reading what you're putting in there, I'm afraid to engage with you because I think you're going to attack me. And what I'd like to see you do is to turn that fiery energy around and rather than like make people afraid that you're going to attack them, be their advocate. Protect them. Let them know that you're on their side. Let them know that you're out there teaching them business building tips and strategies that are going to help them and grow them and protect them in the long run. Let them have your strength backing them up as opposed to feeling your strength coming at them. It was a total shift in perspective and it was a total shift in her voice. She wasn't really sure how to move forward. It's like, well, what do you mean? How do I do that? And so we sat down and said, okay, let's create a new strategy of reintroducing you. Because, you know, first I have to ask her, it's like, do you resonate with this? And she's like, yeah. She goes, I don't know. I just said what I thought I should say. And well, let's just be you. Be your authentic self. And can you remember the word be the advocate? She's like, yes, I'm going to be their advocate. So when she posts things on Facebook, she just reminds herself, okay, I'm here to be an advocate for my clients, my ideal clients, my market. And everything changed. Suddenly people are talking and engaging in a way that they're becoming clients. They're moving forward with her. They're not standing at arm's length. So it's breaking down that wall that was there before. And that was a lot of wasted time. I mean, she's spending just as much, if not less, time on Facebook now than she was before. And she's getting results, but she hadn't gotten any results before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what kind of results is she getting? You said it's shifting it. Obviously, when she shifted her whole sort of way of being to be an advocate and to use her strength in their favor instead of them feeling frightened of her. What happened in her business? I mean, obviously people noticed. How did they respond? I'm working with people who have high ticket offers. And so 
the goal is for them to sell more of those. And they were trying to use Facebook to sell their high-ticket offers before and getting absolutely no results. In fact, nothing was happening. It was wasting their time. And so now people are coming up and having consultations and signing up for their high-ticket offers. So the significant change is that nothing was happening before, and now money is being made, and money is being made significantly for like an $8,500 program. So I would say that's a good return on the time investment. And also, it's building her brand in a way that she really needed it. You know, that this advocacy piece, because then people in her industry notice that and it benefits her in a number of ways. She's getting asked to be interviewed and on podcasts because there's this substance to what she's saying. So it's helping to get her message out to an even larger audience. But at the end of the day, we're measuring it with, did this bring clients in? You know, it's great to be a conversation starter and a conversation leader, but it's about engagement that converts, and it converts in a very natural way. It's not like pouncing on every person who commented. It's really allowing people in to contact you and to reach out to resonate on such a level that they say, this is the person I need to work with. Mm -hmm. And if people want to work with you and do the same kind of thing, because it sounds like, you know, you're so insightful about looking at somebody's conversations and their tone as well as their values, and people may not be, I think it's hardest for ourselves to see what we're actually putting out there sometimes and how we're being perceived. We need an expert eye who has a sense of us to see what we can't see. So how can people get in touch with you if they'd like to follow up and have you take a look at their page and see if your program might be right for them if they have high-ticket items and they want to use Facebook to engage those people in a conversation? I would love that. People can go to talentandgenius.com forward slash engage. And talent and genius is all spelled out. Talent, the word and, genius dot com forward slash engage and that just takes you to a page where you're going to share some information with me about you and I can assess whether it's the right time for you or the right fit for this particular way that we're doing it. It's really effective for the higher level offers and I'm just seeing some fantastic results. Oh, I have another success story. Can I share it with you? Oh, please, 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 please. Okay, because this one blew my mind. I got contacted by somebody who is actually a total Facebook expert. Facebook is this person's world. They teach lead generation and Facebook advertising and get this high level of engagement and also gets a lot of clients from Facebook. And she had posted this one thing that nothing was happening. It was a video, actually. It was a really good video. It was really good that brought people, like, by the end of the video, if you weren't signing up to work with her, you know, you were crazy. I mean, it was just like, yes, yes, yes. And she offers, like, high-ticket stuff. You know, it's in the 20K-plus range. And she asked me for help. She's like, you know what? I've got this great video. And I had seen the video. I'm like, this is great. And I was surprised three people liked it. And this is somebody who gets, like, thousands of people liking stuff. <laughs> and she's like, can you fix this? So we created a new strategy around it, and the new strategy had to do with some new wording. It had to do with throwing a little story in there. There was some vulnerability. There was, you know, specific invitations, and her video, which had maybe, you know, like double digits had viewed it. It wasn't really that much. Through the course of the day, she was sending me messages. She's like, within an hour of changing that, 50 people viewed her video and then 100 people, and then 150, and then 200, then 250. It's over 500, and it's been maybe 24 hours since this was done. 
The more people are viewing that video, the more people are reaching out and signing up to work with her on her high-level offers. There were even people leaving notes in the comments saying, oh, my gosh, I need this. I've been looking for something like this. You know, how do I get started? It was like instant results. So she'll end up having a six-figure payday from simply changing the invitation for people to view this video. So that was really cool. I think that's probably like the knock it out of the ballpark, my favorite results, besides my own from a, from a client. <laughs> besides your own, that is really great. I mean, I've had that happen too. I've put things up and people who are absolute strangers never heard of me. They weren't on my list. They're like, I need to talk to you. And the next thing you know, I have somebody joining my highest level mastermind program. I mean, it's just like when this buzz starts and people notice you, all of a sudden people who are out on the periphery, maybe they're on your list and they're like, you know what, what you're saying means something to me and this is exactly what I'm looking for. I mean, I actually had people coming to me saying, I need to work with you. And I'm like, gosh, I have not, you know, I never went out of my way to go after anybody. They came to me and I like that. That's my favorite kind of marketing. Mine too. Mine too. <laughs> it's exciting. Yeah, it's really exciting that the video was really great, but the wording with a new strategy and some vulnerability in there and a combination of that, I think that's really an art. Like if she couldn't figure it out and she was usually getting that much engagement, that just shows you how we can't sometimes see our own whatever's not working or that's not quite right or just tweaking it a little bit can make such a huge difference. You know, to have that outside view of someone, even someone super successful. I mean, people are investing the $10,000 a month in someone, you know, to help them be more successful. One of my clients charges a minimum of that and people who want to increase their engagement in sales even by that 5% or 20%. So I think that's wonderful. Tell us a little bit about who this works best for. Is there a particular niche or topic or types of people that it works more successfully for than others? Well, I definitely, my market tends to be comprised mostly of people who are consultants and trainers and coaches of various sorts. So those type of service professions where your expertise is what your business is based on. I think that's a really strong model for this because this is like giving out free samples in front of a cookie store. This is you demonstrating your know-how and people can experience it. So I think any type of expertise-based business is really ideal for this. Um, different people have different goals. I find that it's most effective for people who are offering higher-level offers simply because of the ability to have a conversation with somebody and an hour later they've invested significant amounts of money to resolve their problem by working with you. I wouldn't want to have instant chats with people all day long to sell a $49 download, for instance. However, there are people who I did do this one time where I was having like a little four-day sale on some digital downloads, and I did tell some stories, and at the end of it, wove in a little line to my offer, and bunches of people bought. That was really cool. You know, but it wasn't like the picture of my product and four days only and buy it now and 80% off or whatever. You know, it was just really subtle. And the reason why people read through the story was because they're used to reading my stories. They really like it. It's well written. They're like, oh, this is good. Oh, it's good. And at the end of it, there was an invitation to buy something. So many of them bought it and I was surprised. I was looking at, like, going, wow, look at that. You know, it really worked. I was, I was just doing that as an experiment to see how it would go. 
So it was a different strategy than something higher level. You know, this was a direct call to action, click a link, go buy something. But the others are more of an engagement strategy that is an ongoing strategy, not just like a single post that you tell people to click on it and buy something. I'd love to hear, and I think other people would too, a few of your posts that got engagement and why you talked about the dining room table. But if there's one that was particularly successful for you in terms of engagement, maybe you could talk about that. Yeah, there was a really, really successful one that I wrote about, and I believe I sent you, you have the copy of it too, that was really talking to people about posting about just like kind of this philosophy of what I'm talking about. You know, you could post about something as like about your dog and make, you know, sell people into your $10,000 program or sharing about some significant event in life and weaving that into a $20,000 gain. I posted something that I thought was just slightly random and had some people reach out and ended up making just like, you know, bringing five or six people into a mastermind program that was a five-figure investment. So anything that I have that gets people really thinking about that. I did an experiment. This one actually got some engagement. I think it's still bringing some engagement in. I did a little experiment where I gave away some of my one-on-one time. I posted a piece that said, hey, you know what, I'm doing some consulting around social media strategy, particularly around engagement. A lot of people wonder why their posts aren't going anywhere. So in the comment thread, just give me a link to a post that you can't figure out what's not working there, and I'd be happy to take a look at it. And oh my gosh, I had so many people respond to that. That was cool. It was really nice being able to make that offer. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I'm like, oh boy, <laughs> gosh, what happens here? And some people, I went into a real you know, longer response, and some people I could say, look, you know, you're just talking about yourself here. You need to bring in you know, what's in it for the other person and give them something brief. But that request sparked so much engagement and people contacting me, you know, to hire me that I'm thinking, wow, you? I didn't realize you needed help. You know, it was really cool. And then what I did a week after that, I posted just my findings. It's like, hey, I did a little experiment. I gave stuff away. And what was interesting about that post was that I said, you know, there was a time when I would have been hesitant to give so much away with no strings attached. I mean, there was no opt-in box. There was no, you know, it wasn't give them the what but not the how. Because I was always told when I was first learning about marketing is be kind of guarded about stuff. You know, give them the what, not the how. And don't give them so much or else they'll never buy from you. And I found that the more I gave away, the better it was for me attracting the exact client that I wanted to come to me. So, it was a huge success, and there were a lot of people having conversations around this saying they were just, you know, agreeing like it's the only way to go, and they were just saying things like, you know, this is such a great strategy, I'm doing the exact same thing. Just a lot of confirmation from other people who were doing this and getting great results. And did you do it on the phone, or did you do it via Facebook? Did I just did everything on Facebook. If somebody needed to get on the phone with someone, you just wrote them? Or when you said you gave away your time, was it one-on-one, they called you and talked about it, or you just wrote it up? Well, I mean, my one-on-one time, if I'm sitting there reading what you wrote and I'm writing a thoughtful response to it, I mean, I can't do anything other than that in that moment. So, No, no, I was just curious as to whether you got on the phone and talked it out or you actually wrote it out and sent it to them. I was just thinking about the methodology. So you did it. You sat down and you just wrote what your first impressions were and all of your great insights. Yeah, I gave a brief review. There were a couple people I got on the phone with because they wanted to find out more about taking it to the next step. So I did get on 
on the phone with a few people. But as far as giving my feedback is concerned, I took it from a more editorial perspective and just looked at it and said, no, you know, you could change X, Y, and Z. You know, I didn't write a new one for them, but I did a couple of people. I gave them a few sample sentences. I said, you might want to try saying this instead. So it just really depended on the moment, the time of day, how much time I had, you know, if I had lunch yet. It was just all the variables. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Now, we were talking, you know, you and I before we got on here about images and how you choose images and types of images and how important it is to find the right one. And I want to tell people that I will mention and put links of photo image sites in the blog post. So that's something that I'm going to do that you can follow up and read the blog post about this topic and you'll get links to places where you can get images for free. I have a whole repository of places for images where you don't have to pay anything that you can get beautiful, wonderful images at no cost. And you and I were talking about is you kind of disagree with the current thought on an article in Fast Company that says photo posts get 39 more interaction and engagement than links, videos, or text-based updates. This comes from Fast Company, and they actually account for 93% of the most engaging posts on Facebook. And according to Kissmetrics, photos get 53% more likes and 104% more comments and 84% more clicks-throughs on links than text-based posts. And you have found kind of the opposite. Well, first of all, I would have to divide us into a subset of whatever data they collected. I mean, with stats like that, they're putting us next to the person who just put a picture of their newborn baby on Facebook and their grandmother's 100th birthday. So I'm talking about really specifically for business use, on the personal profile, targeting ideal clients, and speaking from my genius message, which resonates with my ideal clients. So I have no idea if Fast Company can dial it in that tightly. So I could put, like, I put a picture of my dining room table up. We just talked about it a few minutes ago. A bunch of the people liked it. That was great. You know, that actually worked really well. But there are other times when I will post an image, and it's interesting, like stock images, nothing. Nothing. If I put a stock image of Superman and say, are you trying to be Superman? You know, it's like nothing because it feels fake. It feels like it's been staged. If it's a random selfie or a random picture, yeah, that I'll get more. So I do notice a difference between using stock images and using a personal photo with a personal message around it. And I think that's a really big difference. And not everybody is comfortable with the personal photo, but it doesn't mean that you have to do selfies all day long. It can be something that you've taken a picture of on your table or, you know, of a flower or something else. But I find, like, the pictures that we actually take that are not perfect and don't have the great filters and the setup, for me, actually work better. On some of the posts that I've done where I've put a photo up and then I've written along, written something, I don't get that much traction, although other people do. So I don't know. But I do know that my individual personal pictures will do better than any kind of a stock image. Will your strategy work for people if you only have like a really small following? Like is there an ideal number of followers that you need to have in order to make this work for you? It doesn't need to be huge numbers. It just matters who your numbers are. For instance, my Facebook world is made up mostly of people from my business connections. I know some people who have some family and they have business. There's a way, which I don't know how to explain it, but you can easily look it up of how to segment your audience. You can create like a friends list or a family list 
And that way, you know, like my aunt, my 91-year-old Auntie Barbara, you know, I don't want her to see some of the stuff I'm going to put up there. So it's like I can keep her, I can make sure that it's just in my network. So you can segment your audience. And so I would recommend people, you know, do something like that. And that way, when you are putting something out there, you know that you're putting it out there to the people who really want to hear it. We're talking about communicating with buyers, if you could build a network of buyers or people who can be connected to opportunities to put you in front of buyers, to connect you with those networks and communities, it doesn't have to be a thousand people. But if it's a quality focused network, yeah, you can do really well. I love that. I think that's very heartening to people who, you know, maybe their network is building slowly. And obviously, I think you probably know from personal experience, I do too. Somebody might have a super huge, if we're joint venturing, somebody might have a super huge network, but it's not very active or loyal. And somebody might have a much smaller following, but their people are much more engaged and lively and devoted to that person. So I think it's more about the devotion and the kind of trust that you're inspiring and that people really want to hear from you and building up that kind of repository of trust and likes and confidence in you and saying interesting things that people really want to think about in their daily lives and their social network lives, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and the thing is, is that, you know, if you have a network and half of it are people that you went to grade school with and you never see them and five of them are business contacts and the rest are family, well, you have to grow the contacts. Like you're saying the same thing to five people, you might need a little bit more than that. So I always encourage people to strategically grow their list and their contacts just like you do on LinkedIn and everywhere else. Well, this has been so fantastic. I think you've really opened, I've been taking mad notes too, by the way. So I'm going to probably turn some of this into a blog post with some of the notes that I've taken from you. And so if people want, who are ready to wrap their Facebook engagement and get the high-end clients who fit your ideal profile, what's the next step for them to get in contact with you? To go to the talentandgenius.com forward slash engage to fill out your application to see if it's a right fit? That is exactly what I would encourage people to do. I set that page up specifically for people who are looking for help around using social networking to bring in the higher paying clients. And I just ask a few questions about your business and, you know, what's working and what's not working. And just help me get an idea of you and who you are. And, yeah, and then we take it from there. It's pretty easy. And I love connecting with people and learning about them and their businesses and the goals that they have and ways that I can support them. Wonderful. So it's talentandgenius.com, T-A-L-E-N-T-A-N-D, G-E-N-I-U-S dot com forward slash engage, E-N-G-A-G-E, and it's Nancy Marmalejo. Thank you so much for talking with us today. I learned a tremendous amount myself, and I think that my listeners are going to learn that too and can decide if this is something that they want to pursue, if it suits their personality and their type of business. So thank you so much for sharing. Oh, Susan, this was a lot of fun. You are such a great interviewer. You ask really good questions, so thank you. You're welcome. Hop on over to BeAMediaDarling.com for any of the resources that we mentioned in this episode and also for free goodies. You'll also find over there some surprises because I would love to be able to delight you. Thanks so much for listening to the Be A Media Darling podcast with me, Susan Harrow. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. And remember, speak your mind 
stand your ground, sing your song. I look forward to meeting you.